Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rural Spark. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. We all know there are no easy solutions or overnight fixes when it comes to the challenges facing rural medicine in Canada today. We've had some terrific guests here on Rural Spark in the past, sharing their insights and ideas on this topic, including Dr. Roger Strasser, CEO of the Northern Ontario School of Medicine, and Dr. Ruth Wilson, who recently chaired a task force on advancing rural family medicine. Those were intriguing and informative discussions around the recruitment and retention of rural doctors in particular, and they ranked among our most popular episodes. This week, we take a close look at another model in rural health care. That is the role of the nurse practitioner. Deborah Hart, chair of the Nurse Practitioners Association of Nova Scotia, joins us to talk about how nurse practitioners are making a difference now and how they can do even more to be part of the solution for our rural communities in the future. Hello, Deborah, and welcome to Rural Spark. Hi, Helen. Nice to be here. Deborah, so as we talked about before, uh, you know, rural medicine and the challenges facing rural medicine in Canada and rural Canada has been a big interest topic that we've had on from time to time on Rural Spark. And today we're really keen to talk to you about the, the role that nurse practitioners play in solutions that are happening now and, and what can happen in the future. So uh, thanks for joining us. And from Nova Scotia, I understand that you're in Cape Breton today and, and you are all over the province, I'm sure, in your work. Yes, yes, I am. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a very important topic that's near and dear to my heart, not just as a nurse practitioner, but also as a, a Cape Bretoner, a Nova Scotian, someone who needs health care uh, for myself, my family, my friends. So it is definitely a very important topic to be discussing, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to do so. Terrific. Well, some of us have a rather vague idea or concept of what nurse practitioners actually are. I think a lot of us think, well, you know, they're not really doctors, but they can do a lot of what doctors can do. And but, you know, we probably don't have a clear enough image of of what nurse, nurse practitioners are, what they do, where they're where they work. Can you explain that a little bit to us in simple terms? And I'm wondering how long we've had nurse practitioners in Canada. Oh, certainly. So nurse practitioners uh, originated as registered nurses. We have gone back to school to obtain a graduate and or postgraduate degree. So a master's degree, a doctorate degree or PhD that enables us to learn more advanced clinical skills bridging medicine and nursing. So our foundation is still nursing practice, holistic care involving the care of patients, families, communities, but it bridges into medicine, allowing us to diagnose, prescribe all medications, to refer to any practitioners uh, for specialty care, We take referrals and consultations as well, and we follow our patients' care throughout the whole spectrum of life. Many are practicing in a primary health care practice, which most people are familiar with as family medicine. Mm -hmm. Then we also have specialties similar to how physicians would have specialties, and we may work from all things renal, surgical, orthopedic, neuro, cardiac, uh, et cetera. So as a professional, we are autonomous in that we are self-regulated, 
We are not a new profession in Canada or North America. We have been practicing in Canada's North for well over 100 years. We have had our one of our first training institutes at Dalhousie University, and that started back in 1962. Mm-hmm. So we're well over uh, half of a century as a profession, but just starting to pick up a little bit more momentum finally here in Nova Scotia. Well, it's certainly a, a broad scope of work uh, that nurse practitioners are doing. And I, I frankly had no idea that it goes back that long, you know, 100 years in the North. Uh, that, that's pretty impressive. I think also some of us might have this idea that this is a fairly new model uh, of the nurse practitioner. I'm interested to know where, how you've come to be where you are right now, Deborah. What, what's your path been like in, as a nurse practitioner? I Well, my background was actually in emergency and trauma medicine, and from there, I recognized that there were some access issues um, in some of the areas that I was working. Uh, I had been working both in the Northwest Territories and in Nova Scotia, and being able to identify some of the issues with access to primary care and what we were um, having to treat patients in emergency for opened a whole level of awareness that that made me realize that we are overwhelming our emergency departments and systems because we don't have access to appropriate primary health care or family medicine. And that's due, of course, to retirement and recruitment and retention and many of the issues that face us right across North America. But with my background there and realizing that as a nurse, we had always identified where healthcare needs were and then stepped up to um, to help out in those roles. The nurse practitioner role was an obvious choice for me as it was for many of my colleagues. The nurse practitioner role enabled us now to utilize our advanced skills and education to ensure that people had timely appropriate access to the right care provider uh, at the right time and in the right place. We we don't need and don't want to be spending our time in an emergency department for something that can be done in a primary health care clinic. But when we don't have access to a primary health care provider, unfortunately, um, that's where we often end up. And that, that in itself starts to overwhelm the other parts of the health care system. You know, when we talk about, I know this is an issue in Nova Scotia where you are and in other parts where uh, we have rural communities across Canada. When we talk about the healthcare situation and some might call a crisis, we're often talking about uh, doctor shortages and people not having um, an all, their own family doctor and uh, that gets news headlines, et cetera. But I understand from a conversation that you and I had earlier that there is a language in there, uh, a language issue in there that is a bit of a barrier. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely it's a, a language and educational barrier. The idea is that we have um, historically thought that our care has to come from a physician and physicians are well suited to treat many of our health care concerns, as you well know. But what happens is when we continue to say everyone needs a family physician is that we're, we're missing out on the opportunity for people to have access to primary care through a nurse practitioner. When we start looking at, at changing the language to we need a primary care provider, we need access to primary health care, we need access 
to a healthcare practitioner, then I think we'll be able to move things forward and people will understand that it's not a physician per se that they need, but they need access to healthcare and that there are different avenues for them to access healthcare. Well, tell us a little bit then about how nurse practitioners are actually filling that gap in, in rural communities and maybe, you know, how they can be even more part of the solution. Certainly. So nurse practitioners are taking on their own patient care loads here in Nova Scotia and beyond. And in that, and I'm trying to explain it so that I don't confuse the issue, it's it's basically that when you have a healthcare concern, nurse practitioners as autonomous and licensed uh, healthcare providers do those things as well. So having access to care really needs to be the the terminology that we use. And that would be access to a nurse practitioner and or a physician. In rural areas, as with every area where we have difficulty recruiting and retaining healthcare providers, and we have been increasing our access in rural health care through the support of the Department of Health and Dalhousie University as we've had a few extra seats open up with support here through Nova Scotia and with the Nova Scotia Healthcare Authority. And those seats have opened up for registered nurses in the master's program to assist them in managing some work-life balance while studying to prepare to become a nurse practitioner. And with these open seats, what has happened is we've increased the positions in some of the more rural communities. So in areas that have been historically difficult to recruit and retain to, um, we are able to provide care for those communities I just want to take a moment here to thank our sponsor, ExploreNet. Rural broadband is getting a lot of attention these days, and ExploreNet has been a champion for rural Canadians for over 15 years. With their nationwide network, no matter where you choose to live, ExploreNet can keep you connected to what matters. If you want to find out more about what ExploreNet services are available in your area, check out their website at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot Right. But don't we run into the same challenge, Deborah, that, um, you know, getting recruiting doctors today, uh, sometimes to rural communities, there's a number of challenges there. Um, don't we face the same kind of challenges when we're trying to get nurse practitioners who might have, you know, ample choice of where they go to go to some of the more um, rural communities in need? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's an issue not just with nurse practitioners and physicians, but probably all um, all professionals and trades, etc. Right. Uh, we do and, and have been fortunate that in Nova Scotia, a lot of our rural communities have community facilities, community hospitals, et cetera. And by nature of being registered nurses and that nursing background, a lot of the nurses in those communities, again, have realized things similar that I have, which is we can, you know, we can provide extra care. We can do the extra education. We can provide um, better access for our patients. And a few of those registered nurses have elected to go back to school to get their master's and um, postgraduate degrees so that they can offer care in these communities. So while we still can have some difficulty recruiting 
I think in many of these places, the issue then becomes retaining. Right. And I'm wondering, you know, when we talk about what the nurses are doing and nurse practitioners are doing, uh, separately, we seem to talk about what doctors are doing. Uh, Do we still have too many silos? I know healthcare is highly regulated in Canada and the professional bodies uh, are, you know, well-established and structured. And do we still have too many silos when it comes to healthcare delivery in Canada? Maybe limit some of our success in efforts to address needs, for example, doctors and their organizations over here in their own pay structures. We have nurses over here, uh, over there. We have nurse practitioners. And, and yes, the pay structures as well are, are, are very different. Is that a big barrier? And how difficult is it to try to break down some of that? Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge barrier. And it's something that we've been talking about, you know, since I'm sure probably the, the beginning of healthcare and we are continuing to work on breaking down those silos and those barriers and we have a lot of conversations about collaborative care and collaborative care centers and 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 trying to bridge the connection between providers so that we are not still in these silos unfortunately they despite discussions and and work towards breaking down these barriers they they continue to persist so to try to repair some connection, conversation, even you know, gathering a meeting of the minds, so to speak, to be able to offer education sessions that bring us together and give us time to have discussions on how to propel healthcare forward uh, is, is an ideal solution, I think. The other part of that is that you know, we've with the changes that are coming and the discussions of nurse practitioners and practice and 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 I hate to use the word new in Nova Scotia because we're not. We we've, we've been here over half a century, but it's we're still considered new in in a lot of conversations. We need to start breaking down barriers rather than putting them up. And when we start talking about changes sometimes fear gets pushed into that mix. Yeah. Do you see any examples of this really working well, maybe elsewhere? Um, When we look across Canada, are there some things being tried or, or, you know, maybe some pilot projects or maybe some things that are already up and running that involve Mm -hmm. nurse practitioners that you see as, you know, promising models that maybe we need to uh, replicate or take a closer look at? Oh, most definitely. There's, uh, I've seen a few in my travels. Um, one in particular is with our emergency systems, as we know, we're are quite overwhelmed right now. And one of the examples I would have would be the Northwest Territories. They've been there and working, even as our predecessors, for over 100 years. They take on the role of primary health care provider, family medicine, as well as cover the emergency departments, Uh, They admit patients to hospital. They discharge patients from hospital. They do call. Uh, Another fantastic model would be Ontario. Majority of the nurse practitioners who are licensed in Canada right now are in Ontario. And they have approximately 25 nurse practitioner-led clinics there. And they have taken up what we've, we've termed an orphan patient, so a patient who has no access to a primary health care provider. They've opened clinics uh, with nurse practitioners and have brought in other health care professionals uh, your physiotherapists, your dietitians, uh, uh, mental health, etc. cetera, uh, whatever happens to work for those particular communities. And these 
clinics are run, managed, and maintained by nurse practitioners. They are working so well that they're seeing millions of patients now, receiving wonderful care. Some patients who had not had access to healthcare in so long and were trying to manage their their diabetes and and cancer and high blood pressure and all of these things on their own, which is a very difficult thing to do, let alone to try to navigate a system from the outside. So in Ontario, with these nurse practitioner-led clinics, the government is directly funding those clinics. Mm. When we look at Nova Scotia, we have a few different systems of payments for physician fee-for-service. We have alternate payment plans as well. Um, but for nurse practitioners, the, the option is to be an employee of the healthcare authority. And then, of course, that funding um, comes out of the healthcare authority budget. When we're looking forward, I think one of the best things to start looking at is how to best fund uh, the practice of nurse practitioners so that we can deliver the level of care that we are trained to and experienced in and to be able to do it in a method that uh, contributes to the health of our communities and not to potentially um, a funding issue, a budgeting issue. And are there any um, insights we can gain from other countries on how to do that right? Are, are there, do, you know, are there, is the nurse practitioner model embraced in other countries and, and maybe even that pay structure that is sometimes problematic here is, could be done differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, nurse practitioners were known around the world. Uh, we do work in many countries. What we are looking at here in Nova Scotia is not too unsimilar to what's been going on um, through globally and trying to figure out how best not just to fund but to support that nurse practitioner role and funding is just one small part of it while we you know we we need to have funding in place for nurse practitioners we need to figure out the right direction to fund, which, as we know, these nurse practitioner-led clinics uh, in Ontario, as well as other countries, um, have been working out famously. Uh, As nurse practitioners, again, grounded in nursing and medicine, we're also grounded in research and education and community projects. And so we're, we're taught systems and we're taught system analysis. So to be able to grant the nurse practitioner the ability to use their full scope of practice, not just clinical, I think is one of the best directions for us to start looking at and then take the funding model from there. And if we go back to the the healthcare provided by nurse practitioners in particular, we were talking about earlier, I was just thinking about, um, you know, in Canada, we have such an aging demographic and in rural Canada, that's uh, even more pronounced. Um, Mm -hmm. How does that nurse practitioner model maybe fit? I'm thinking maybe it fits very well with the needs of aging Canadians. and, And we see a lot of those needs in rural communities. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh yes, and we've uh, we've got so much research and um, evidence based that tells us that nurse practitioners are excellent providers in care for our seniors population as well as all populations. We tend to find ourselves with more health concerns as we get older as well. The nurse practitioner role takes in 
into account the lifespan of that patient, the health of that patient, how best to treat and help that patient manage their everyday life as well as their um, their medical conditions. And we do this in a holistic approach, which involves not just the patient, but also the family members and the community and the health systems themselves in helping patients and their families navigate the system when they need it the most. And the studies are showing that our long-term care patients are getting exceptional care as well as saving not just in, in long-term care, but speaking of long-term care, we there's a, a huge cost savings to the healthcare system when nurse practitioners are put into practice there. There are less hospital admissions and transfers, good control of medications, less falls, and other things that are costly financial-wise, but more importantly, costly to our patients, um, to our families. And we have been noticing a huge savings in in the cost of care in long-term care facilities when nurse practitioners are practicing there. That's a really interesting point, you know, that we could be actually saving money in a a very stretched healthcare system by investing in having more nurse practitioners. I'm thinking some of our listeners might be thinking, you know, how can we get a nurse practitioner in our small community or or maybe more to help address the need? When we look at, um, you know, just individuals um, in in rural communities across Canada or or community leaders and organizations, is there anything that they can actually do to maybe help advance this model as part of the solution? Uh, yes, definitely. So as you know, the province has set up uh, an 811 system and a system so that if you do not have access to a primary care provider, you can call in, get yourself or your family on the list to receive a provider when one becomes available. So that's one way. Another, of course, is to talk to your elected officials and let them know that this is something that you're now more informed about and something that you feel is appropriate for your health care, your family's health care, and your community's health care. I think the more we talk amongst ourselves, with each other, uh, with elected officials, with the healthcare authorities, and let them know that we we better understand the role, we uh, appreciate the, the evidence that states that we are giving excellent care, which does cost save regardless of what um, aspect of the healthcare sector we're in, that that cost savings can better reflect on our patient care again. The other, of course, is that we really do need to look at different forms of funding here um, and across the board for nurse practitioners. They're seeking out alternate forms and and, um, setting up clinics and those types of things are only going to enhance access for our healthcare and only going to enhance access to the nurse practitioner uh, and the nurse practitioner role. Well, and let's let's talk about that future. Uh, we know that changes to the healthcare system don't happen overnight, and we've had a number of guests on Rural Spark that have talked about what they're trying to achieve. If we get take take put a hopeful hat on, what mm-hmm. what do you um, hope that we might see in terms of nurse practitioners being um, a big part of the solution? Say on the landscape in the next five or ten years. 
Um, in the next five or 10 years, um, I think the future looks very bright for our patient care and for our nurse practitioner providers as well. In saying so, if our nurse practitioners are, are able to provide more care and more access, that in itself will do nothing but make the healthcare system better for other healthcare providers as well by taking some of the demand and the pressure off of off of everyone and let us letting us share it appropriately and 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 give the best health care that we all can which is of course all our under underlying drive in the next um, five to ten years I foresee that we are going to be looking at more independent nurse practitioners as employers, uh, not just as employees, I feel we'll have access to nurse practitioner-led clinics and that the funding models will definitely be in place. I think when we increase that access to the role of the nurse practitioner, the other thing that will happen is not only that we're going to be giving access to, to patients, but that there'll be more discussion around health promotion, illness and injury prevention, and the more we can prevent illness and injury and promote health care, uh, the better off our populations will be health-wise, and then the better off our healthcare systems will be as well cost-wise. So I think there'll be a huge cost savings to the system. So it's just looking at things a little differently, and, and as we continue to have those discussions and, and different perspectives come into play from uh, Nova Scotians, Canadians, and and globally, that I, I think we're, we're positioning ourselves very well, and um, I think the future is bright. Well, it's great to hear that uh, optimism. I, I tend to be an optimistic person myself, Deborah. And, uh, and uh, you know, thanks so much for sharing those insights with me. Your arguments make uh, tons of sense. And, and we know that there's not one thing that's going to make everything better, but prevention has to be a big part of it. And, and that involves partners across the board. So you've given us lots of food for thought and uh, a key part of what the solution is going to look like. So thanks for sharing that with us today. And good luck with everything you're doing in Nova Scotia. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And if uh, if you'd like to reach out, you know where I am. And for those of you who are listening, feel free to reach out to us at uh, the Nurse Practitioner Association of Nova Scotia uh, or NPANS. And we would be uh, to have some conversations or direct you to where to have um, the most appropriate conversations. And again, talk amongst yourselves and your communities and your healthcare providers and elected officials. And let's keep the momentum going. Terrific. Thanks so much, Deborah. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week on Rural Spark. Our team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music is by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada.